welcome back to the Sourced Week in Review podcast. My name is Michael Crutcher. Jordan McDonald is back. We had a week off because you're away. Yeah, I was away. I was at Morton Island for my annual trip. It was good. Good getaway. Good. Yeah, we were blessed with great weather. The last few years I've been over, it's been rainies, but uh, turned it on for us last week. It was stunning weather. But uh, not a whole lot there for you then on what was happening in terms of uh, communications world? Oh, not a whole lot. (laughs) No, not a whole lot. The only communication was between me and the Esky, I reckon. (laughs) (laughs) Not a a whole lot. It was a good week. Yeah, no, it was good. It was really good. Welcome back. And we've got a few things to talk about today. The first item is one we haven't addressed before, but it's in a bit offbeat potentially but yeah, the maybe. comedian louis ck mm-hmm. who uh, is well known uh, in uh, many parts of the world for his comedy mm-hmm. um and he's finished an australian tour which uh, uh ended at the brisbane entertainment center last night so when you play the entertainment center you play a decent sized crowd oh, yeah um which he did last night but why we want to <laughs> bring this one up today is because of course in 2017 um, to use the popular term, Louis C.K. was cancelled. Yes. Uh, he was cancelled um, over um, allegations which he uh, said were correct about uh, unwanted sexual advances towards uh, some female comedians at the time over a period spanning a few years. So he came out and uh, admitted that after a New York Times report in 2017. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, that immediately impacted um, his um, career. There was uh, cancellations from Netflix. Uh, there was uh, voiceover work he'd mm. done in movies that was redubbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was um, there was a bunch of stuff which basically saw him as one of the, the I guess, one of the high-profile uh, people involved in uh, what was the Me Too movement dubbed at the time. So. But he's come to Australia now. Admittedly, it's uh, it's five years later. But he did start performing again in 2018, mm-hmm. so the year after uh, all this news broke. Yeah. And his move here through Australia, I think maybe seven shows, and some of them, four sold out. Four shows sold out across the country. And he's done in all this uh, through the way he's direct to fan channels. So... He's not doing interviews. There was a story this week uh, that say that uh, re- uh, calls to his publicist went unreturned, yep. no Nothing contact whatsoever. Radio silence there, yeah. Yeah, so it's quite fascinating to see what we talk about here is audience engagement mm. and mainstream media has not become a target for Louis C.K., but he's managing to go straight to uh, his own audiences himself and do big numbers on... His concerts, etc. He won a Grammy in uh, 2020 yeah. as well, which was uh, criticised in a lot of quarters for the fact he'd won that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sorry, that was in, in April this year, off the back of an album. So um, it's very interesting on what we're seeing here in regards to how you go direct to your own audiences and say, well, mainstream media... Uh, I'm considered perhaps a no-go zone, but there is an audience there and I can connect with them. In uh, 2001, he had a website launch, so really early in the piece where people could buy his comedy direct. So he set that out a long time up and cut out the middleman. Um, He's carrying on and the question, I I guess, is uh, has he cancelled everyone else now in terms of having quite a, a prosperous career again? I'm interested in your thoughts, Jordan, on 
and engaging fans in this way because that's probably one of the most obvious we've seen uh, in Australia of um, a comedian, albeit American comedian, who's uh, had a very successful tour here without any mainstream media. Yeah, no, it's that subscription model that we're all familiar with, isn't it? Like, and, and Louis setting up that website in 2001, in hindsight, was genius. Um, you know, social media in particular today really thrives off the subscriptions. You know, Instagram, for example, actually offers subscription inside the app now. So you're paying within the app to get exclusive content from that person that you follow. But, um, you know, a, a youth example for me is, you know, I've mentioned a few, a few times on here that I do DJing and a large chunk of my time each week spent finding music. So I subscribe to a fair few DJs who offer very similar things. Whilst it's not comedy, it's, you know, yep. they've, they've collated music, yep. uh, created their own versions of things. Um, you know, and if that artist, you know, were to, to you know, in that, as part of subscription, say they're coming to Brisbane, it's in the private community, his early access, you know, I'm, I feel inclined to go, I'm more excited to go. I think that's what's happened with, um, with Louis uh, in particular, with that website. It's, it's that sense of community he's built. You know, he's popular globally, um, you know, and cancelled or whatever. I think, you know, those who have been a part of that website since 2001 feel like they're probably part of something pretty special. Um, you know, it's it's that private community, that private access, and people really love that, particularly the fans. Yeah, and that's it's the uh, audience connection there. And, you know, I guess we've been conditioned over a long time to think that for these acts that need to get big numbers into their, their shows that, you need mainstream media behind you. Well, this is an example. No. I don't know how many people would have played arenas the size of what he has uh, with that reputation of mainstream media and not using them whatsoever. But just saying, I've got my own audiences and they work well for me. So he has got a show in Auckland tomorrow night, Saturday night, but there's two other shows in New Zealand that were cancelled Yes, uh, on him recently. So, But the Auckland show that he's got is apparently close to a sellout. Yeah, almost. So the people of Christchurch and Wellington miss out. Um, so there's still obviously some of that um, kickback there, but uh, a really interesting case study there of uh, audience engagement in this rapidly changing world of of communications none more rapidly changing jordan than on twitter now we we didn't do the podcast last week so therefore it's been like two weeks since we discussed twitter yep and that means it's been a long time in the world of twitter right now because there's so much happening what is the update on twitter what have we learned in the last fortnight Elon's just doing elon isn't he um so I've, i've just got a little checklist here we'll run through it um, you know, Elon, he rolled out that blue, Twitter blue feature, which, you know, anyone could get access to that blue tick. And uh, as you'd imagine, thousands just jumped on that and said, I'll pay the four bucks and get the, the blue tick. But then the problems started <laughs> happening there where people were starting impersonating other people, some notable figures and other companies. With the blue tick. With the blue yep. tick. Someone even started impersonating Elon Musk himself. <laughs> so I suppose that's what you get. Um, but one thing that made news this week was when someone impersonated an insulin company and said or tweeted that insulin would now be free. It actually caused that company's market value to drop millions. Um, so, yeah, Elon very quickly got on top of that. Yeah, right. And uh, the service has now been postponed till the 29th of this month. Um, moving along, he <laughs> loves to tweet 
he's been very public with some of his uh, sacking. And one made news this week that he fired an engineer via a tweet, which is pretty lousy in my opinion. But what the fired via a tweet? That's a new one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Um, this engineer. So what's happened is Elon put a tweet out saying, you know, Twitter's being slow for this reason. And one of the engineers that works on Twitter Android said, I've worked on uh, Twitter Android for six years and I can tell you this is incorrect. <laughs> and of course, you know, the Elon bites back and, you know, the back and forth goes on and on and on. And, you know, it's... The people that were spectating that were quite divided. You know, some thought it was really poor form because what ultimately happened is Elon... Followed up days later saying he's been fired. And the, the, the guy, the engineer, posted a screenshot of his computer, which has been locked out by the company. So it's all... Wow. It's all but playing... Yeah. Is it, this is a new revenue source? Yes, yes. But, um, yeah, the spectators were a bit divided. I thought poor form to humiliate a former employee so publicly. Um, but others thought it was a stroke of genius. You know, someone reckons that Elon deliberately posted the wrong answer and trying to bait the reply guy and the reply guy's engineer... Because one of the responses the engineer gave was three very smart and sensible solutions to the problem. Right. So, yeah, he's gone. Musk has the solutions. You can make up your own mind there. This is so much stuff happening at Twitter. Yeah, but following that public dismissal, a further 20 engineers have reportedly walked off and been sucked as well. So, who knows, there'll be plenty more to come. Um, the next thing was the uh, hashtag R.I.P. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Bizarre. Bizarre. I saw that the other day and thought, surely not. But I'd be seeing more of this. Yeah. Um, but then I saw Jimmy just tweeting, um, what is this? I'm very much alive, all the rest. But it was the second most trending topic this week. And while it was completely false, Jimmy did tweet at Elon to try and get some help. Said, hey, can you get some control of this? But uh, Elon being Elon has just gone back saying, I need, uh, how do I know you're the real Jimmy Fallon? I need <laughs> you to say something only Jimmy Fallon would say. Um, so, yeah, just ridiculous. Just ridiculous behaviour. And um, look, lastly, the, probably the biggest news for this week at least was um, news of Elon sending a company-wide email to remaining staff demanding that they commit to working long hours at high intensity or receive three-month severance. Well, that's that's an attractive offer. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. To work long hours at high intensity. Everyone wants to do that. Yes, yes. Um, not surprisingly, heaps of people have walked out. <laughs> but um, the deadline for that was today. So they had to agree to it today or see you later. Wow. So It's just so ridiculous. Do we have any doubts about the future of Twitter? It's something that Elon Musk paid uh, tens of billions of dollars for do we given all that's happening threats of um of advertisers walking away etc um the repeated um i guess it's always been said that the twitter's a bit the wild west of mm. social media yeah. uh, platforms and it's now really living up to this wild west take at the moment but do we have any genuine doubt about it or is this just part of the the evolution of twitter uh, I think not yet, but I also don't think we're too far off having some people having very genuine concerns about the future of it. Yeah, I'm keeping in mind that Elon's probably doing what I've seen as the worst possible job in transition, but it is a massive job as well. Um, and, you know, 
you got to keep that in mind. But, you know, look, if you look at the past few weeks, he's had, you know, one of the world's more influential social platforms. You know, it's had half its workforce laid off or alienated, uh, uh, advertisers going or disgusted, blown up key aspects of the products, you know. It's, it's been bad, but I just don't think realistically the company is going to go anywhere just yet. I think it's pretty solidified as a core sort of social network and unless that core social media function of it changes, I don't really see it going anywhere just yet. And the challenge for Musk, of course, is to get some revenue out of Twitter. That's what he needs to do. That's so it. I guess we'll keep seeing what moves he makes <coughs> there in the coming weeks. It'll be entertaining, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, On to something that... Uh, the future speculation may be uh, a bit closer to the end on this one is 50 over cricket, international cricket. It, to me, this is really interesting, especially for the older listeners to our podcast who will remember when um, 50 over cricket, the day-night matches in the summer, were the big TV events of the summer. There'd be a triangular series, Australia, uh, England, New Zealand, for instance, and yep. they'd play each other in games over, uh, you know, maybe eight games each or something and they would get big audiences. Uh, this is pre-really uh, pay TV mm-hmm. streaming. This is when uh, you had to watch what was on uh, free-to-air television and the day-night matches over the summer. 50 overs were big things. Coloured clothes on the lights, etc. It's gone from that now to last night, Australia and England opened a three-match 50-over series in Adelaide. Not a big crowd. Uh, another game in Sydney tomorrow, I think, and... Melbourne on Tuesday, so three matches, Mm -hmm. comes in between uh, a very successful World uh, 2020 Championship, which has just finished in uh, in Australia, uh, and test matches starting in a few weeks' time. So we've got the three forms of cricket. Now, we talk a lot on this podcast about sport and the way that sport shapes what we watch on TV, where money is spent on it, how it impacts the wider uh, streaming and broadcast um, environment. That's why we like to talk about this. But I'm just fascinated by this because we got T20 cricket and Test cricket squeezing what was the big thing, and that was 50 over cricket. So it's a sign of the evolution of sport. It's mm. also a sign, I guess, that we talk all the time about the evolution of communications. Mm. This is one we're seeing in front of us right now. So the next T20 uh, World Cup is in North America, which I think is a really interesting move to see what happens with wow. audiences in North America. But I remember I covered the very first T20 international match when I was a cricket writer, Australia versus New Zealand in Auckland. This is 2005, going back a bit. Uh, but at the time, T20 was sort of starting up. It was seen as a bit funky. They decided yeah. to move it to the international calendar. Australia played New Zealand and it was a it was a joke match in the sense of the Australians uh, and the Kiwis did a retro type thing, the mm. 70s feel. Uh, there was uh, an underarm delivery from Glenn McGrath to replicate the underarm ball that was famous uh, 40 years ago. It was all this, uh, I guess, jovial uh, approach to it. Now we see it's a big business and a sport that used to be really, um, you know, hinged on international matches. Now we've got this growing franchise uh, cricket through T20. So, like cricket, it's good for popularity and it's a sport we love here and, um, you know, we wander down the road and watch uh, what happens on Allen Border Field regularly. But uh, this is a fascinating, uh, I guess, little future here for 50 over cricket. Um, did you watch any of the World T20 out of interest, Jordan? 
No, I didn't actually. <laughs> I didn't watch one minute of it. Dad watched a bit and he told me. He kept flicking over little highlights but I didn't didn't have any interest. Nor did I sort of well, – I wasn't really on top of it either. Yeah, and that's that's uh, fair enough. I loved it. I thought it was a great tournament. What I'm interested in too is, of course, when we had, you know, the really big days of these 50-over games, said pre, um, uh, pre-internet – pre-paid television in Australia. We didn't have the US sport. And now, of course, we've got access at any time to watch the NFL, the uh, NBA um, and baseball, etc. And we've got a whole audience of younger Australians. And I don't know, you uh, love watching um, basketball. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, so these are the things that we didn't have to compete with with Australian sports Mm. in years gone by, but they're obviously very big for that younger generation. Oh, massively big. Yeah, like I've always got a couple of tabs of the games open when I'm here at work. But you're right. There's, there's, with the internet comes so much more access and so much more competition for for the attention. And those big sports like the NFL, the NBA, they are exciting and they're on so regularly that you know they are going to steal the eyeballs off. You know, something like the the fifty over. Yeah, so let's keep an eye on that. We won't even uh, worry too much about the Wallabies losing to Italy last weekend. <laughs> it would have been something that was huge news 15 years ago. Wallabies lose to Italy. Yeah. had never lost to them before, but it barely got a mention anywhere, and that's an issue for Rugby Australia. Um, Disney, Jordan, um, we talk a bit about the streaming here and Disney. A really interesting piece this week about Disney Plus and what's happening with the wider Disney company. Why is this interesting? Yeah, just a streaming one to finish off. So Disney... Uh, this week found itself in some hot water with uh, some investors growing really frustrated that there's widening losses uh, in its streaming division. So Disney for years, when it started up Disney Plus, the streaming efforts wouldn't become profitable until probably 2024. But Wall Street's now going a bit frustrated, a bit impatient because Disney's linear TV uh, and then uh, Disney's linear television and higher than expected sort of direct-to-consumer losses is struggling now to offset uh, the streaming losses. So last week, Disney stock saw its biggest drop in 21 years um, because the company missed the Wall Street expectations on revenues and profits. Um, The streaming services operating losses rose about $800 to $1.5 Uh, and that's largely because of the rocketing content expenses that they're yeah. doing at the moment and the marketing expenses yep. on top of it. Um, you know, as a result, operating income, Disney, uh, media entertainment, they plunged 20, 91% to uh, $83 million in that quarter. Um, the Disney theme parks have been doing great for them. They've, their profits have doubled to almost, or to just over one point five yeah, billion, right. but um, so coming out of COVID there. Yes, yeah. but you know, again, this isn't enough to sort of offset that those losses in the streaming. But on the streaming, it's not all bad news. Disney Plus did actually add subscribers more than they thought they would. Uh, thought they would. Um, they added twelve point one globally to the platform, lifting its total count to one hundred and sixty four point two million. Uh, they had expected, or analysts expected, they only add sort of eight point eight. But um, you know, some of their good content, like the smash hits, Hocus Pocus and the She Hulk, which oh, I haven't watched yet. I'm just so perplexed by that. I haven't even heard about She Hulk. Oh, no, you not seen it? I need to pay more attention. I give it a Google after this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, helps bring in some new subscribers, but um, 
Look, in a couple of the articles, the um, Disney's chief executive he, he reassured investors and said that those peak losses, he sp- ex- ex- describes these losses as their peak, so they're behind them now and the losses would begin to narrow into the future. But um, Disney also mentioned that, you know, some other measures they'll take is increasing the price of its streaming service. And we'll discuss that before the podcast today that you reckon they've got a bit of scope to do that. Um, they're yeah. bringing up their, their streaming costs from $8 to 11 This is in the US, by the way. I'm not sure what the Australian figures are just yet. Um, and then they're going to follow along with most of its competitors and introduce an ad-supported tier, which is January, I think, next year. And that'll be $8 US. Yeah, I thought Disney is one of the cheaper ones. And if you go an increase of uh, $8 to $11, I guess that's you know, roughly a 40% increase in, in your... Uh, payment. So that helps out on the financial side, obviously. Be mm. interesting to see if that increase um, causes people to turn off. But I, I must say, I find Disney one of the easiest services to use. Yeah, right. um, and I know we had a, a uh, disagreement in terms <laughs> of what you think on that. It was just interesting yeah. because I, I find Disney, um, well, it's relatively cheap, um, but it's got that content that I think has got a locked in audience. I mean, it's got all of the Star Wars stuff that it keeps uh, changing. It's got uh, obviously the likes of The Simpsons and yeah. a few other things which are only Disney. Uh, and so you get it. I think Disney's got a fair identity. Mm. You know what sort of stuff is on that That's Disney service. And it's, it's, I find it easy to use, but you didn't find it so easy to use. No, I didn't. Um, I was uh, watching, against my will, Grey's Anatomy with Shannon. Not She-Hulk. <laughs> no, not She-Hulk. <laughs> I haven't gotten around to that yet. But... Um, yeah, no, every time we go in there and we go to sort of continue watching, you know, oftentimes it's it's sort of lost our place or we click on the wrong thing there. But to just click in to Grey's Anatomy, it takes us straight into whatever episode it thinks we're at. It doesn't okay. take us into the, the season with the episodes. It's, yeah, right. so then you've got to go search for it and then you've got to find the season, open that season and look at the episodes. Okay. Yeah, a bit frustrating, but a bit also a first word problem. I'll look a bit closer when I uh, when I go back in there next time. I think I'm up to... Uh, You're on Game of Thrones, aren't you? bit of Game of Thrones, which is binge, but I'm actually... I still do chip away at The Simpsons. Oh, do you? I'm up to season 32 yeah. there. Holy. How many seasons are there total? I that? think it's 34 right now. And f- when... And this is, this is a by-the-by for... Uh, it's extending the podcast. We like to keep it at a, sh- uh, a short length. But <laughs> when Disney first started here, they didn't actually update The Simpsons as they came out from the US, but they do now. Oh, right. So they were a season behind there for some time, but now they update pretty much as they're new oh, to... Right. Uh, yeah, so there's a little, oh, that's good. little tidbit of uh, information for you on that, which I quite enjoy, but I'm still <laughs> a long way behind. I'm still a couple of seasons behind there. Right. I'll eventually catch up, um, but uh, obviously it's not something that Ainsley likes to watch with me. So uh, we don't. I've got to find my own time to watch right. that. It's uh, not really, uh, I guess, couples viewing for uh, fair, fair, f- yeah, females who have moved on from The Simpsons, uh, mm. if at all they were ever on The Simpsons <laughs> to start with. But I'm sticking true. So uh, um, this weekend, apart from She-Hulk, what are you up to? Uh, I just have one gig tonight, and then I'm free for the weekend. I've actually got um, Ministry of Sounds in town. They do this fantastic concert where they do all the old classics, but yeah. with, with a whole oh, just walloped the microphone <laughs> um, with a whole big orchestra. So oh, it's wow. just down on the water there at South Bank. So I'm going to go to that tomorrow. 
on the water at South Bank. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's in the it's on the parklands. Obviously, it's not in the water, but it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just right on the edge there. Was that freeze at all? No, it's not free. It's a ticketed event, but um, so be got in pretty early. Got some nice affordable tickets. Well so done. It should be good. Really excited for it. Wow. Okay. Now we uh, the all the listeners, of course, can see the uh, Movember moustache that you're, oh, yes. you're doing. So we'll yes. mention that again next week as the Movember month continues. Yes. Yes. No. It's it's travelling along fair, but it's there. It's raising a good effort. <laughs> good luck with it. We'll see you next week. See you then.